Our reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, and we're starting at verse 13. Now, I'll be reading in the International Children's Bible, so it's not probably the Bible you have at home. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were going to a town named Emmaus. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus came near and began walking with them. They were not able to recognize Jesus. Then Jesus said, what are these things you're talking about while you walk? The two followers stopped. Their faces were very sad. The one named Cleopas answered, you must be the only one in Jerusalem who does not know what just happened there. Jesus said to them, what are you talking about? And the followers said, it's about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet from God to all the people. He said and did many powerful things. Our leaders and the leading priests gave him up to be judged and killed. They nailed him to a cross. But we were hoping that he would free the Jews. It is now the third day since this happened, and today some women among us told us some amazing things. Early this morning, they went to the tomb, but they did not find his body there. They came and told us they'd seen a vision of angels, and the angels said that Jesus was alive. Some of our group went to the tomb too. They found it just as the women said, but they did not see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, you are foolish and slow to realize what is true. You should believe everything the prophet said. They said that the Christ must suffer these things before he enters his glory. Then Jesus began to explain everything that had been written about himself in the scriptures. He started with Moses, and then he talked about what all the prophets said about him. They came near the town of Emmaus, and Jesus acted as if he did not plan to stop there. But they begged him, stay with us, it's late, it's almost night. So he went in to stay with them. Jesus sat down with them and took some bread. He gave thanks for the food and divided it. Then he gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they were able to recognize Jesus. But when they saw who he was, he disappeared. They said to each other, when Jesus talked to us on the road, it felt like a fire burning in us. It was exciting when he explained the true meaning of the scriptures. So the two followers got up at once and went back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven apostles and others gathered. They were saying, 
the Lord really has risen from death. He showed himself to Simon. Then the two followers told what had happened on the road. They talked about how they recognized Jesus when he divided the bread. This is a word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Anthony, and good morning. Uh, as Jonathan said, my name's Jan, and uh, I'm on the staff team here at St. Paul's, and it's great to be with you this morning. Can we just pray? Lord Jesus, thank you that you showed yourself to uh, those two companions on the road to Emmaus. And we pray that as I speak and as we hear from you this morning, you will show, us, show yourself to us too. Amen. So, uh, I imagine some of us have been having holidays recently, or at least having a long weekend over the last weekend. And uh, it's the time of year, isn't it, that at bank holiday time, people's um, thoughts turn to little projects around the house quite often. Uh, and especially at the moment, when we've actually got the prospect of welcoming people into our homes before too long. Uh, so Graham and I did a little project recently. We built that chest of drawers. Um, and uh, we didn't build it from scratch. It came from Ikea. Uh, but it came in lots of different boxes. And when we opened the boxes, there were lots of pieces. There were big wooden pieces, small wooden pieces. There were screws. Uh, there were nails. There were, uh, there were metal bits that we weren't quite sure what we were going to do with. Um, have a guess, uh, perhaps talk to somebody next to you and tell them what you guessed, how many pieces there were in that set, not including the nails, which were in a, a separate packet, how many pieces altogether? Have, a, have an educated guess if you've ever done an IKEA build. Well, there were actually 441 pieces in that, uh, in that chest. Uh, and we had to figure out how they all went together. So, of course, what we needed was some instructions. And here's the instruction book. And um, there's quite a few pages in this book. Uh, so you might like to guess how many pages there are in this as well. There are actually 48 pages. <laughs> so, at this point, we knew it was going to take a little bit of time. And um, because, um, because these IKEA instructions are, um, the furniture is sold all over the world, there aren't actually any words in those instruction books. Uh, because I guess if they did put words in, they'd have to translate them into so many languages. So there are little pictures in there, and some of them are quite uh, difficult uh, to understand. You have to kind of have the gift of interpretation. So uh, any guesses as to what that means. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't do it on your own. Uh, it's much easier if you've got two. So at this point, Graham called me up and uh, showed me the picture. What about this one? A bit harder, this one. I thought at first this was something to do with praying before you started, but <laughs> it's actually telling us that you should build it on a soft surface like a carpet rather than a hard floor. And uh, what about this one? 
So that's, actually, that's telling us that if we got really stuck, uh, we could ring somebody at IKEA and somebody would uh, give us some further instructions, I guess. Um, we didn't actually need to do that in the end, but it was quite reassuring to know that we could. And then this one is, uh, the next one is my favourite one of all. <laughs> and I think that's telling us we should attach it to the, to the wall quite firmly and that we shouldn't climb in the drawers. Who knew we shouldn't climb in the drawers? <laughs> so once we'd worked out all the instructions, we set to work. And when I say we, um, mostly it was Graham, I have to say. Not because he's a man, because I know lots of women are very good at DIY, but just because he's much better at that sort of thing than I am. So here we are about halfway through, and you can see Graham looking at his instructions there. And then, uh, if we can put the picture up, this is when we'd finished, and uh, we were quite proud of that, really. Thank you. <laughs> So in our reader, how long did, uh, Averill's saying, how long did it take? Well, we started one evening, and I think it had to go into the next day, didn't it, I think? So, uh, yes. So in the reading today, uh, we heard about two of Jesus' followers who uh, were on a long walk together, and they were confused. Now, they weren't confused about IKEA instructions. They were confused about everything that had been happening in the last few days. Um, so, of course, last week we celebrated Easter and the amazing news, the joyful news uh, that Jesus rose from the dead 2,000 years ago. But 2,000 years ago, not everybody was celebrating. Some people were finding it hard to believe the stories about Jesus being seen alive. And other people were confused and they couldn't really work out what it all meant. And maybe that's a bit the same for some of us today. Some of us are celebrating that Jesus is alive again. Other people find it a bit hard to believe. They're not sure if they believe it or not. And other people maybe do kind of believe it, but they're a bit confused about what it all means and what it means for us today. So while these two... Uh, Cleopas and his friend were walking along. They were talking about all that had happened and they were trying to uh, make sense of it together. And it's a bit like building the IKEA furniture. When we're confused, it's good to have somebody to help and to, t and to talk about it. Um, but for these friends, it was good for them to talk to each other. If we're confused about something uh, about Jesus, it's good to talk to somebody else about it. Uh, and they... Uh, but even with the two of them talking together, they were still finding it hard to work out. And that's when they were joined by Jesus. Now, if we'd have got stuck building our furniture, we could have rung Ikea. And if we get stuck in our Christian journey, uh, we can talk to Jesus. We can talk to Jesus about the things that we're confused about. Unfortunately, we can't ring him, but there are other ways of talking to Jesus. Now, of course, the friends didn't realise that this was Jesus at first. I don't know why that was. It could be that after his resurrection, he looked a bit different. Or it could be that they just weren't expecting Jesus to join them on that walk. And I wonder if we sometimes forget, too, that we can talk to Jesus wherever we are. Um, perhaps we don't expect him to show up and talk to us sometimes. Some people think that you can only talk to Jesus in a church. 
But of course, over the last year, when we've not been able to get into church very much, um, we've all had to find other places where we can talk to Jesus. And I asked some of my friends to tell me about the places where they like to talk about Jesus. And I found there were all sorts of different places. Caroline likes to talk to Jesus when she's outside on a walk. And she sent me this lovely picture of a place uh, where she goes to find peace and quiet. And it certainly looks very peaceful. Amy likes to talk, likes to, talk to Jesus outside as well. Uh, but for her, it's often in the street as she's uh, taking her boys somewhere or going shopping. Uh, she says there are far less distractions when she's outside than at home when there's so much to do. And Amy actually told me the story of this photo, uh, which was when she was outside one day and she got a message from a friend asking her to pray. And uh, the friend asked everybody who got the message uh, to sing the Hallelujah Chorus wherever they happened to be uh, as a sign that they were asking God for, for this thing. Uh, so Amy... Julie sang the Hallelujah Chorus in the street, and she said she did get a few funny looks. Um, but fortunately, Amy's got a, a lovely voice, so I'm sure people weren't too worried by that. I think if I'd have uh, struck up the Hallelujah Chorus on the street, uh, I might have got more than a few funny looks. Amy's two sons, Richard and Guy, have been learning how to talk about Jesus in our children's groups at church. Uh, we call it chatting and catching. And this is a place on the sofa where they like to do their chatting and catching. Um, and I must say that's another way of avoiding distractions. Uh, and Guy also has a den where he likes to talk to Jesus. Um, and in that den, Amy painted the ceiling and added some glow-in-the-dark stickers as a reminder of how awesome God is. Um, and I think I'd really like a den like that. I think it would be really helpful. Katie likes to talk to Jesus in this lovely, comfortable-looking chair, uh, and apparently it rocks as well. It looks like a great place to talk to Jesus. And Lizzie has an outdoor place and an indoor place to talk to Jesus, uh, so she's got somewhere to talk to him, whatever the weather, and both of those look like nice, cosy places to talk to Jesus. But Cleopas and his friend found themselves talking to Jesus, and he started talking to them about all the places in the Bible, which for them was just our Old Testament, that showed why he had come and why he had to die. You see, we have an instruction book of our own. It doesn't look like the IKEA manual. It looks like this. It's the Bible. And the Bible tells us everything that we need to know about why Easter is so important. Although just like with the IKEA instructions, sometimes we might need a bit of help to understand what it says. Uh, and when we get stuck, we can ask other people to help, maybe a friend or a family member. And not only that, the Bible also has lots of advice about the best way to do things, and even some warnings about things things that we should try not to do. So Jesus showed them how to understand the Bible. And later, when they finally recognized him, they said it was exciting when he explained the true meaning of the scriptures. 
They recognised Jesus when he shared bread and wine with them. Perhaps that was something that they'd done with him before. And it was then that it all made sense and they were able to believe. If we want to find Jesus, he will show himself to us. Not many people have the privilege of meeting him face to face like Cleopas and his friend did. But we might meet him in other ways. It might be through something we read in the Bible. Or it might be through somebody who helps us to understand. Or sometimes we might just hear him whisper in our heads. So next time that you're stuck building furniture or making a Lego model or baking a cake, I'd recommend following the instructions really carefully. And if that doesn't work, talking to a friend about it, somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, And next time that you're stuck in understanding something about Jesus, or just with a sticky problem in life, something that you just don't know what to do about, I'd recommend reading the best instruction book of all, the Bible. And if you need help understanding it, talk it through with a friend or somebody in your family. And best of all, find your own special place to talk to Jesus. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can talk to you wherever we are. And we pray that right now you would just be perhaps nudging us about where our own special places could be. The places where we can talk to you. Pray that you'd help us uh, to read your Bible, help us to understand what it says, help us to find help if we don't need it, if we don't understand it. And most of all, help us to hear your voice speaking to us through the Bible, through other people, and sometimes through that voice in our head. Just help us to be listening to hear from you. Amen.